Blog hello, hello, how about now? I hear you. Okay. All right, let's just wait for her to show up. Hopefully she'll make it back. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome but, to Season 6 of oh I Am logged in with Lady Fontaine and co-hosts Jim Elkin and Paul LaFlaca. To schedule a reading or learn more about Lady Fontaine, also known as America's number one love psychic, be sure to check out Lady Fontaine's website at ladyfontaine.com. Now, here's Lady Fontaine with co-hosts Jim Elkin and Paul LaFlaca. Good evening and welcome to Eye on the Future. This is Season 7, Episode 3, and today is Thursday, February 10th, 2022. Tonight is our Valentine's Day show. We're happy to have you with us tonight. I am your host, Paul LaPlaca, alongside our in-house spiritual wizard, Jim Elkin, and our resident psychic extraordinaire, Lady Fontaine. She's also known as America's number one love psychic and is a certified life coach and relationship expert. We can all be reached at radio show at ladyfontaine.com. If you're interested in personal readings, healing, gifts that you would like to hear on future shows, email us to let us know. If we select your suggestion for a show topic, you will, you will receive a free introductory 15-minute psychic reading or life coaching session with Lady Fontaine. If you would like to be on Lady Fontaine's mailing list, please give Mike, our call screener, your real email address so we can keep in touch with you. Tonight's question that so often evades us, what is love? And you can call us at 319-527-6216 or find out if you have any stories or questions about uh, the topic at hand tonight. We're waiting to hear from you. Um, since we are streaming on video and YouTube and Facebook, for those of you who don't know James Elkin, he's our healing expert. Say hi, Jim. Hi, Jim. And, of course, our <laughs> lovely psychic, Lady Fontaine. Uh, we're having some technical difficulties getting her video up. But if you're there, Lady Fontaine, say hello. She's not there yet. I think we might have to have her dial in um, on the, the call-in line, Jim, if you want to give her a text for that. Uh, I might have to take her in on a cell phone call and we'll uh, fix the video after. If you miss a show, you can find us at Eye on the Future radio show on YouTube and Facebook or listen to the podcast on Blog Talk Radio, iTunes, or any other podcast distributor. We have a jam-packed show tonight, so please be patient. We'll do our best to get every caller on the air to answer your questions. If you do call in, you'll still be able to listen to the show while you're on hold. Now, before we get started, I just want to give everyone a gentle reminder, people with general questions. We would all love to know what our future holds, be it a relationship or a job, but in order for Lady Fontaine to tune into your specific situation, she needs specific information about that situation in your life in order to help you. Your story is often similar to what others are going through, so those calls are important to us and they're more likely to get on the air. Now, lastly, for those of you watching us on YouTube, please hit subscribe to be notified of our new shows and leave comments. In order for us to do video streamings, we really need your help in the liking and following us on all the various platforms. Um, so while we're waiting there, it looks like we have her back. And Lady Fontaine, can you hear us in blog talk yet? Okay, so we see her on video, which is fantastic. Let's just get her audio up on um, a dial-in, maybe. What do you think, Jim? Uh, yeah, try dialing in. Let me give that a... All right, so the video is looking good. And let's just um, uh, launch into the topic at hand tonight. It is, what is love? 
And Jim, I know you have a lot of background in the philosophical aspects of this and the Greek uh, levels of, you know, agape through filial. Um, do you want to walk us through some of those levels of what we consider love and how we define it? Well, love at, uh, we, we can hear you on the Zoom call. Try dialing in on your cell phone, Lady Fontaine. <laughs> Look on Facebook. Facebook. <laughs> Look Hold on a second. I'll try. Facebook I'll Messenger. I checked Lady it, Fontaine, but you going to echo, but you hear me oh. on, on Zoom. You're going to need to call in on your cell phone for us to hear you and for you to hear blog talk. Sorry, we, we didn't get the mic working tonight, but the video, you look great. The background is lovely. <laughs> yes, and you have to yes. mute Zoom. Yes, you have to call in as a guest. Bear with us, uh, folks. We're doing a little technical dance here. I no, you didn't. For a couple of weeks, we had technical problems, and tonight, uh, of all nights, yeah. It's ridiculous. So, anyone even want to buy a cat out there? I've got one here. <laughs> yes. Yep. Just bear with us, folks, to get her up this cat's here. Cheap, only ten thousand dollars for this cat. Oh, that's a beautiful cat. Ow! It's <laughs> <laughs> just like mine. You just want to love them and won't let you. I think that's you. Okay, try it on your phone. All right, can you hear me? Yes. Yes. All right, can you hear me good enough so I have to hold the phone or what? You're, You're going to have to hold fine, the phone up like when that. Yeah. <laughs> All right. All right, it's going to take me a minute to bring up the script. <laughs> this is smooth sailing. Do we have a lot of callers that are experiencing this now? Uh, not yet. We have tons of callers. We have tons of we have hundreds right, of callers. Good. We're very well. Oh, liked. hundreds of callers. Very popular. Oh, oh yeah, God. I didn't see that. Yeah, you're right. Yes, yes, we're. Uh, but aren't we're you getting for... like a, a Don't worry about thing, it. It's, it's not. It's not as good as your normal mic, but we'll we'll make do. It'll be fine. All right. All right. <laughs> so let me just open the script. All right. So. All right, so uh, we're we're throwing we? it to you. All right. We're right right up all right, to you. So, all right. So happy bells. <laughs> yeah, thanks. You too. So, do, do you guys have any plans? Plans? Like uh, for this weekend? Like, oh, got it, Jim. Do you have plans? I, yeah, I'm going to watch the Olympics. Exactly. <laughs> we are. Uh, and we are Mr. Big Newlywed is here. watching the Olympics. We are huge new. Uh, we are huge Olympic fans here, as well as the Super Bowl Sunday. So this weekend is going to be full of exciting. Um, athletic uh, competitions that we'll be watching from our couch. <laughs> we'll be affectionately watching the Olympics. <laughs> yes. And, and I, what about on Monday? What's your excuse on Monday? On Monday, I've got some plans, but again, you know, she's in, in the other room, so I'm not going to uh, say anything specifically, right. but I have, right. uh, I'm definitely no no, gonna... no, 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 no. We're not asking for any, <laughs> to break any secrets. Especially you were able to keep the most important secret that you were going to elope. Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. So before the show, Jim and I were just trying to figure out how many marriages 
be up between all of us. So this I'm is your third marriage? Yeah. All right, and Jim has had three, and I've had one. So we're at seven. Oof, too much. And the reason why I'm bringing this up, and it's a very important thing, is that as soon as I posted on Facebook that our topic for tonight is love, we started getting some emails in, and actually a couple of people told Star that they um, would like to call in and get a male opinion on something. So I don't know if that means they don't want to talk to me or they just also want. We'll see if and when they call in. But I encourage people, if they're out there, and we've got two men with a decent amount of marital experience here <laughs> and relationship experience, if you're interested in getting a male's perspective on something, we've got two waiting here for your calls. And if you happen to want to talk to me, I'm here too. <laughs> I have my degree in psychology, and I'm a relationship expert and a psychic, so I can help you on a lot of different avenues if you want. <laughs> but you're not a guy, up. so it doesn't work. Yep. <laughs> right, that's true. I don't have a male perspective. I could actually use a male perspective on something, but we'll get to that later on if we have time. If we don't, then that's just too bad. So what I did want to say here today is that um, our topic for today is obviously what is love. So there's some things that I'm going to cover today that are typical, you know, opinions from a psychologist or a relationship expert perspective. But what I do want you to keep in mind is that that's sort of like a baseline. But what we're always going to defer to is what our experiences in life were. Everything traces back to your childhood. So if you haven't resolved issues and you're um, – you come from a family like most of us that has some level of dysfunction and issues in the family, whatever those issues are, are things that you're going to be bringing into relationships. So we're going to be talking about ideally what love is, but what love is for you, for each one of you, could be different depending on your own individual perspectives and your individual experiences. And an example is if you come from a very supportive family, most likely you've got the bar very high in relationships and you're going to demand a certain level of, or expect a certain level of, what's the word, Jim? I don't want to say perfection, but um, certain level of. Certain, certain level, yeah, of well, perfection, uh, yeah. What's the word? It's a certain level of something, comfort, happiness, uh, Support whatever it is. Fulfillment. You support a family. Customer what? satisfaction. Fulfillment or satisfaction, yeah. Good yeah, I mean, that's a, that's a word we could use. So um, you're at it. But however, if you come from a family, say, where um, you didn't have a voice, you know, where nobody paid any attention to you or you didn't really communicate much with anybody, unless you've worked out your issues, that becomes your template for future relationships. And I deal with clients all the time that say to me, somebody that's not a communicator, or I say it's in one situation that I could recall, I remember saying, I, I, I don't feel like I'm being heard. Um, and that's a trigger for me because in my childhood, you know, nobody was around. I mean, I, I grew up pretty much alone. So, you know, if, if I'm with somebody, I want them to hear me. 
But but bottom line is, we're going to talk about a lot of stuff tonight. I just want you to understand that that's that's the bar set really high. Your perspective, your perception is always going to be dependent upon who you are, what your issues are, and the type of environment that you grew up in as a child, and also what you've worked out and what you haven't in therapy or self-reflection or whatever. So do either work, of yeah. you have any comments on that? Uh, yeah, I, I think yeah, that's right on the money. And I feel like when you're talking about um, your childhood, it's a lot of times for me. You are breaking up today, Paul. Yeah, Paul, your mic's breaking up. Oh, dear. That's not normal. How about now? Two, one, two, one, two. One, two, one, two. better. A little better? Sounds better, yeah. All right. I think, uh, you know, with my childhood, the things that were triggered for me in early relationships were what was lacking. So, um, you know, like like Jill, uh, Lady Fontaine said, with the uh, not being heard, uh, I went through as a child, too. That I just, Still cutting. My, Still cutting in and out. Really? Yeah. So my mic I'm is I'm telling you, this up is a you-know-what issue. Not totally, but I think my issue, because you sound like me now. Let me look up your chart really? and see what Mercury is doing in your... Oh, I hate Mercury. <laughs> Stop. Mercury is so, nice You need Mercury. Mercury I've got, is your lifeblood, man. <laughs> uh, Mercury's been kicking me in the butt for the last three years. That's what I it's said. Communications and, communications and travel. Sorry. He's breaking up so much I can't even hear him. Uh, Mercury is my main planet, isn't it? I'm a Gemini. Is it yeah. Mercury? My Mercury has a lot to do with Gemini. That's right. Well, look at what I do for a living. I talk. Yeah, there it <laughs> is. Communicate. I there communicate. <laughs> and you struggle and with electronics like everybody else. <laughs> All right. Right. Well, true. We just lost Paul, so I don't know what where he is or what's going on with that. But so, do you have any comments on that, Jim? About, uh, I mean, your childhood is going to impact absolutely. you in your adult life if we yeah. like it or not. I have a memory when I was a kid that I used to try and figure out what love was and whether I loved my parents or not. And I finally realized that if they suddenly died, I would be, you know, distraught and miserable. So, yes, that, that told me that I loved them. I don't know if that was true. I think it was may have been more protected than, than love, but... That was what that was the well, measure that I used. How old were you? How old were you at the time? Oh, geez, between six and eight years old, somewhere okay, around there. So that you were very dependent on them at that time. Right. Um, do you want to read? Because you're you're very smart. <laughs> do you oh, want to read what so the kind. traditional definitions of of love are in the in the dictionary? Okay, so we have an intense feeling of deep affection. That. <laughs> But I believe to some degree that's true. Well, like it's, if, it's, if you have a very nonchalant and very, you know, like who gives a damn, oh, darn, uh, darn. Perspective. I didn't say <laughs> that. I did not. <laughs> um, a very uh, nonchalant perspective of things, then would you call that love? I would call that like. I would no, it's, like that's not what I'm saying. An intense feeling of deep affection is a symptom of love, right? It's not love. A symptom? That sounds like a disease. <laughs> I'm sorry. 
I'm a medical professional. Oh, That's where it. I come from, you know. <laughs> it's a sign that it's there, okay? <laughs> Something that comes from it, but it I'm isn't out, necessarily it. Right? <laughs> Symptom. <laughs> no wonder you've been married three times. <laughs> I love that. Oh, my God, Paul, you get a raise. One day we'll do a show on my three marriages. Yeah, me too. We'll, we'll, we'll see. We'll play Misery Olympics and see who wins that one. Who gets the gold for that? Yeah, who gets to be the judge? That's what I want to do. Um, <laughs> All right. But, but do the line, Jim. I'm okay. Sorry. So the dictionary goes on to give an example. Babies fill parents with feelings of love. Okay. Where are you? I'm in the dictionary, oh, right under an intense feeling. Okay. Okay. Deep affection, synonyms, fondness, tenderness, warmth, intimacy, and et cetera. Um, the I second, now fondness, tenderness, warmth, intimacy, I feel are parts of love. They're parts they of it, are they're not it. Symptoms. They're pieces of love. Okay. You don't agree with that? There are times when I'm still in love and I don't feel those things. But is that in love or is that you love somebody? Oh, wait a minute. So now we have two different terms. We have the in love term and we have the love somebody term. They're two different verbs. Okay. Define, my dogs. Define, I'm not in love with them. Loved, yeah. Loving somebody versus in love. What's the difference? Yes. What's the difference? I love my dogs, but I'm not in love. When I think of my dogs, I might have a warm feeling of like a motherly type of love. I'm not getting that. In, I don't want to be intimate with my dogs. Right, you know, but you are intimate. They, you let them lick your face. You let them eat yes. off of your plates. You know, all kinds of things. That no, you I don't them. let them lick my plate unless I'm oh. done. Okay. <laughs> I don't that's, well, that's I, what I, I mean, I, yeah. I, right. Um, but that's not the kind of intimacy I had in mind. Do, do you think in love is more of a, a mutual sharing of responsibility for each other? You know, in love is like both of you – I think in love involves, it, it obviously involves more than one entity, be it a, a dog or a person. But I think what defines the difference is in, um, in human, like if it's a partner, you have things like communication, um, emotional connection, which I don't know that you have with a dog or a cat. You, you, you know have what? different kinds of communication. And a different kind of emotional connection. Now, I don't feel like, well, I did love her. Oh, you don't see her. Let's see if I can get her here. Um, yeah, it's hard to kind of, She comes and but goes. Crystal is over there. Crystal and Coco, they were exceptions. Man, did I love them. So I don't know what the answer is. All I know is that when, when I'm in love with somebody, I have those feelings of fondness, tenderness, warmth, and intimacy towards somebody. And when I say intimacy, I mean emotional and more physical and or what else, whatever else. So, and you've been waiting for an hour in a restaurant for them to show up and they said they would be there an hour earlier and they didn't. Are you still feeling those things? I would still love them, but I'd be pretty pissed if they didn't contact <laughs> okay. me. That's my point. Love is more than just feelings. Yeah. It is. It's it's evolved. It, it's it's something bigger that, that you've war- opened yourself up to this person. So it's a bond of trust, in spite yes. of what they yes. do. I agree. And you used the word before, when we were discussing this show last week. What was that word? I don't know. 
Because of the T. Because of the T? I can't say that word. (laughs) What did he say? I I can't say that word on the radio. What did he say? Commitment. You can say it, Jim. It's commitment. Say it. Oh, that word. Oh. <laughs> oh, you were talking about that other keyword. You don't ever say that word in front of a Oh, no. no ever. Ever. That's a marriage ender right That's there. <laughs> I just want everybody to know that I have a great mic here. And I can't tonight. I have to settle for tonight, my phone. Tonight, the iPhone is the app. Okay. Wow. Or tonight. Back, yes, it is. Back to the, 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 the diversion of the topic here. The, um, no, the. Uh, what you guys were saying about the difference between love and in love. The only time I've ever really heard that is when someone's trying a really crappy way to get out of a relationship. They say, I, I love you, but I'm not in love with you. And I think that's such a cop out because it's like, you're trying to get out of it and still say you're still the, you still love that person. But it means means you're not romantic. You're not romantic towards that person, but you still have a desire for closeness. Yeah, or you just something. Now that we're speaking of uh, stuff like that, tell me if you sense this to somebody, or if um, if you receive this from someone, what would you think? Three things you cannot recover in life, and we've all heard this: the moment after it's missed, the word after it's said, and the time after it's wasted. How would you interpret that? I love that. I think that's um, it's it's, it's, it's a it, it's it's a, a direction for how you should uh, approach your life, and it's, it's a, a a guiding mantra. I would say um, that's how you should live your life. Although I'm a little concerned about the judgment on wasted, because I don't know if wasted time is necessarily right. Uh, a, a bad thing depends on what it's about. You know, if you were doing that instead of something that you knew you should be doing, that's a different thing. But if you're doing something because you want to uh, rejuvenate yourself or you want to dig deeper into who you are, but you're not being productive, then that that could be a judgment that people would right. have a wasted idea. If you learn something through that time you spent, some people say, well, that was a waste of time. It's right. a waste of time if you didn't reflect on it and uh, take something away from it. You know, mm. I, I agree with that. So if, if you receive that text when you are having some issues in a relationship, would you take that as a positive, like somebody encouraging you, just grasp this moment and let's go wherever it takes us? Or would you <laughs> read it as, you know, you're really screwing up here, lady. Right? Which de- depends, <laughs> depends on who sent it. Depends on what the, the last fight was. <laughs> yeah, there needs to be some context. Yeah. If, if that person showed up late at the restaurant and they made a big scene and yelled at her and said, you're always late, and then I stomped out in a childish uh, display of temper, and, I, and then right. she sent that to me, I would be like, well, sure, I, this all sounds great, but, you, you know, you were late. <laughs> How about like the the female is saying, uh, no, this isn't going to work, and the male is saying, oh yes, this is, and the male uh, sends it to the female. Uh, it sounds a little pushy to me. Yep. Un- unrequited well, love uh, is never good, but 
the female interpreted it as he was saying, you you lost the moment. Uh, you're blowing it or you blew it? Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, that sounds terribly narcissistic to me because your time with me is going to be the best time you ever had. Right. Because I am the center of the universe and I know. You know, that's, I agree. that's the message that's going in there. Right. Yeah. And so, without a doubt. I I've definitely, definitely I've said things like that to women that have re- rebuffed my advances. I've definitely said things that that are a little like you don't know what you're missing kind of nonsense. <laughs> oh, I, I that's I've been there. <laughs> right? I definitely I've definitely said things like that after I, I've been told I, I like I love you but just as a friend, you know. I've been like, "Well, you, you can't get back that, the time I, you wasted." <laughs> People need to come up with another line because that that does get stale. That right? really does. That's kind of ridiculous. It, sure it really does. does. But all right. I was never bold happens. enough to say that. By the way, just to let you know. Bold enough. I don't. I don't believe that. I'm a Taurus, not an Aries. What can I say? <laughs> or a Leo. You're not a Leo, right? I, I'm not pushy enough to say you're going to miss out if you don't. <laughs> oh, Leo's say but, this kind of stuff all the time. <laughs> I'm sure. So what do you do? <laughs> what do what I do? You do? Oh, okay. Thank you. Bye. Yep. <laughs> oh, unless it's me, I don't even have to say anything, and he gets nasty with me. <laughs> We know it's you. You're not a love interest. <laughs> oh, well, I know that. Yeah. I know that, but I'm just, oh, so that's how he treats his good friends. <laughs> <laughs> All right, where where are we in the script? I thought you were. Where are we? That's where we are. That's where we are. Uh, oh my God. Continue, uh, okay, so number two is a great interest and pleasure in something. For instance, this love for football. No, the Olympics. The Olympics, not football. You were talking about that. <laughs> yeah. So, so that's love. That can be love. Love for something. I love dogs. Right. I love no, riding on a motorcycle. But I'm if not I, look, I don't, I don't take the, the dictionary as my gospel, and it's not written by God. It's, it's right, by so people use words, people use words in a way that may not be appropriate to the context that we're trying to consider it. Right. As a linguist, I can say these things, okay? It, it says underneath synonyms, liking, weakness, partiality, bent, leaning, proclivity, inclination. Those ideas are, means I, you know, enjoy this, but it doesn't mean that I have an affection for it, that I want to protect it, or, you know, all those other things. It it just means that I like it. Well, that's the second line definition in the dictionary. So it's not as the primary is an intense feeling of deep affection. So we use the dictionary, us us mere mortals use the dictionary as a base (laughs) A baseline for what, you know, like, what is commonly accepted. What is commonly accepted is the definition, but I, I definitely see that, you know, an intense feeling of deep affection is not nearly enough uh, of an explanation for what we call love. You know, that's, yeah. Well, we're going to talk more different. about that. And yeah. for tonight's show, I think we're primarily going to focus on romantic love, just to clarify that. Opposed yeah. to 
you know, a parent child or, you know, our pets or anything like that. Right. So this way we can focus in because <clears throat> when we start taking calls, I really want to hear the stories and I really want to be able to help people yeah. with what's ever going on in their life because love issues are the biggest problem. Got right. You. So, challenge. so yeah. Paul, Paul and I were chatting yeah. before you got you, you managed to resolve your your conflict uh, about the fact that there are three. <laughs> yeah, you haven't solved. Um, there are three kinds of love in Greek, and it's a sad thing that we don't have them in English, um, because there's the, the agape, phileos, and eros. So uh, agape, we don't really like friends or comfortable, isn't it? What like agape. Isn't that like... It's the agape. highest form of love. It's the agape. helpless. It's, it's the parent love. It's, it's the love that a parent feels for uh, their children. Oh. Okay. I thought and it was like... It's the, word, it's the word in the New Testament that's used for the, the love that God feels for his children, meaning us. So that's great. Um, phileos is brotherly love. So frater comes from that idea. The frater is a brother or a monk. Fraternity right. comes from that. Uh, right. Makes sense. And Phileos, Philadelphia, is the city of brotherly love, they call it, and that's because it's uh, Phileo, Delphia, the city oh. of love. But oh, it's, I did Phileos, it's not Agape. It's not Agape, Delphia. It's Phileo, Delphia. Paul, did you know that? Yes. Philadelphia? The city of brotherly love. Yeah. Which I is funny, because when, when you go down there. from the word. <laughs> it ain't there. Yeah. They lost it. <laughs> they kept the name, well, but that's I, all. Yeah, I, they, I don't know. Go go see an Eagles game and tell me how, how brother, much brotherly love you're going to feel <laughs> if you're from New York. Oh, yeah. yeah but well, go on. Go on. And then there's Eros, which is the, the love between two Romantic. people. Erotic love, right. yes. But right. it's not erotic. It's not just erotic. But erotic is the word we have that's cognate with that. That comes from that word in the Greek. And is so, that more phys- like it's tied to the physical? Not or necessarily, is- but it's, it's more romantic love. It's more the love between two people. All right. Or what did not- you say? It is because it is? I don't hear you in my headset either. Oh, it's 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 not it's, it's not just it's not just uh, erotic in the sense that we think of it in English. It's changed in its meaning to mean just that, but it really it really has to do with more with. The romance. All right. So, right, right. Romantic love. That's what mm-hmm. I, I thought. My light almost went over here. <laughs> I thought you saw, <laughs> you know, an angel or a ghost. Or so, all right. So should we take right. a caller here? Or are we ready for a caller? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> and then we'll continue on. All right. Let's do that. Let's talk to Melina. Hello, Melina. Hi, how are you? Hi, you there? Um, yes. So, how are you? Are you okay? Everything good? Good, yes. Okay. What's your story? What's going on with you? Um, well, since today is like the topic about love. So there's, I've been going on dates, but the most, I recently reunited with an old friend in December, and he came to visit, and I showed him around for a weekend, but I don't know if, if there was any possibility that it could have been more not serious or he just wanted to hang out for that weekend because I kind of felt confused after. 
And okay. He's busy, I, so I don't bother him that much. So. I th- I think we have his name on Blog Talk's call list. Lady yes, Fontaine. So you should be able to see his name there. Yes. <laughs> oh, all right. I see it. <clears throat> That's a different kind of name. Yeah. Um, should be easy for you yeah. to find. All right. So. Um, All right, so the interesting part of it is, now what you described is kind of, um, you know, kind of, uh, I don't want to use the word mundane, but ordinary. You didn't really explain it to be anything extraordinary. However, when I do look at the energy, I actually do feel, um, I feel a couple things in his energy. I feel one that... um, you know, not that it could have been more. It's almost like you both were were almost open to that, even though he might not have. Because to me, the way he's coming through is he's hiding behind a mask. And when I see that, it usually means one of two things. Either they're afraid to let their feelings and emotions out or they're hiding something. You know, they're they're really like a mass murderer. And I'm not saying he is. I'm just using that as a joke. <laughs> that was a joke. But, Usually, it's usually that they have a, another woman somewhere, or um, you know that they're they're telling you they're divorced and they're really not divorced yet. It's usually something like that that they're hiding. I'm not picking that part of it up with him at all. I'm feeling more of his high feelings and emotions for you because it does come through pretty ordinary. The irony is though, you guys have a nice connection. I mean, I could feel. Um, you know, some nice energy between the two of you. So how much did you guys see each other when he was in visiting? Oh, oh so he came for, like, a weekend because I told him that I was going to be busy. So he kept it for the Friday night to Sunday midday he stayed. And um, But the last time, so prior to that, we've been talking, like, a month via text like on and off because he's currently in grad school and he's busy. So, and I'm busy with my job. So we would talk via text when we could, but then um, prior to that, we haven't spoken in two years. And I just, I hit him up a text because I was going to be in home state for a wedding. And I just wanted to see if he wanted to just meet up one night and just catch up. And then to us planning to meet up for a weekend. But after that, it's just, texting just been very faint and we kind of just stopped talking and I well, don't want to bother him. So. No, and I, you're, you're absolutely handling it the right way. I would highly recommend it's not bothering him. Just don't chase after him. I mean, don't, don't put yourself out there. Um, you know, my, my feeling always is that the man does believe it or, I mean, if you want to believe this or not, and it's not the way it sounds, but the man set, sets the pace. And I don't mean that the way it sounds, but what I do mean is that if somebody is being very open with you, then that gives you the permission, that gives you the leeway to be open back because they're going to be receptive towards that. If, if you try to be open and you try to put yourself out there when he's not in that same place, then you're going to get nowhere. So, so mm-hmm. your best bet is to do exactly what you're doing. So, um, your 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 basic question, I think, to me is 
is there going to be more? Is that what you're really asking? Is there potential for more? Yes. Um, I would say that there's some, but it feels like there's just this um, <clears throat> sort of like pattern that you guys have established that, um, you know, it, it's almost like there's very little there because you guys haven't really sort of developed it more. Um, let me put it to you this way. If you don't reach out to him, I do feel he will eventually reach out to you, you know, by text or whatever, you know, hey, how you doing? Um, and honestly, it, 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 it doesn't feel like it's going to be like two years like it was before. But I would encourage you highly, do not reach out. I mean, let him reach out to you. And um, I'm not, I honestly don't feel this is the man that you're going to spend the rest of your life with. Um, there is some sort of connection, though, there. There is something that keeps on drawing me back in when I'm looking at the energy. So I would say there's some potential here. On a scale of 1 to 10, I'm not going to put it higher than a 5 um, because it just doesn't mm -hmm. come through robust enough for me to put it, put it through much higher. Um, I agree with something that you said. You said he's in grad school, he's busy, and I do feel that is some of it. I honestly do. How far in, in grad school, how far along is he in grad school? Oh, this is second year, and it's, it's an intensive oh. program. So it's like it's – I feel like it's the third year usually gets harder, and the fourth year is the yeah. thing. So, I yeah. mean, he's got a wow. – Jim, what were you going to say on that? Usually, usually it's three years of uh, classes, coursework, at the end of which you have to take comprehensive exams examinations to prove that you know what you're doing, and then you're starting to write papers, uh, especially the desert, dissertation. So that, that part is where it starts to lighten up, except the dissertation is a lot of work in itself. So, yes. I, I have a tail in front of the view. You see a tail in front of me? Where? I don't see it. I do. Jill, you're seeing things. <laughs> See, it's not a tail. Um, but, uh, <laughs> uh, hello, Ella. Um, his cat just came in front of the screen because we do, wants, we do videos. So. She wants treats. Uh, <laughs> uh, um, but so, so what I'm dealing with, you know, it, 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 you're going to get little, you know, sort of like crumbs for now. Is there potential down the road? I kind of feel when he's not in grad school or, you know, time off, I don't, I feel you have enough of a connection that you may gravitate back together, but I feel by then you're going to be very seriously involved with someone else because I feel someone else in your future. Is that person like, do I know them or do I haven't, I haven't no, met them yet? Brand new. You do not know them. Mm -hmm. I, and I would say mm -hmm. that you're going to meet them before the end of this year. Um, you may not really get serious until sometime like, you know, the first quarter or second quarter of next year. But it's, when you compare these relationships, you're going to say, I don't want to say his name in case we're not using it, but you, you're going to say who? You know, it's going to be like a, you know, a thing of the past because you're going to see the difference. You're going to see the difference in some of the things we're going to talk about today. And I might actually start with really how do you show love? What is love? Romantic love. What are the things that 
people do to show that romantic love. So um, I, I might start at the bottom of the script and move <laughs> forward. Um, but but when, when I talk about those things, you're going to see that you're not getting it. You're not getting those components. And without those components, you can't really build a relationship with someone. Like you, what you said early on, then, and then we're going to have to wind this call down, but what you said early on about um, your text, well, that's the problem. And I know he's busy. I do know he's busy. And I know you're busy too. But if you're trying to build a relationship, you need to have that one-on-one time, be it in person, which, you know, if, if he's away at school and it's, you're in different cities, that might be a little bit more difficult. But then you need to spend time talking, sharing, communicating. Communication is the foundation of any relationship. If you don't have that real communication, then you're friends at best. And that's basically what I what I feel in the, the energy between the two of you is friends with kind of like an intriguing desire for more. So mm. when the time is right, I do believe he will step forward. But based on what Jim said and what I know from, from, from an educational standpoint, it's tough. I mean, when you're going, when you're in grad school, it's not easy. And, and I believe he's, He's focused on getting his education. So, um, you know, so so right now he's choosing not to make relationships the number one priority. But I find with many people, and myself included, and there's probably a name for this. I just can't think other than than not a a good word. Um, Sometimes you get so enthralled and wound up in in the relationship that it makes it more difficult to just you know kind of function what is that called obsession I guess. Obsession. yeah <laughs> yeah uh, but i see that a lot and that some people choose not to get involved because they don't want to go through that turmoil of and it's really learning how to pace things what i often tell clients is the beginning of a relationship should be like a job interview. You see what qualifications they have and what they bring to the table. And I don't mean to make it so clinical, you know, or un whatever, but when you jump in with your heart on day one, you're going to be disappointed because you don't know a person. And there's a lot to see. And the other thing that I'm a real um, fanatic about is, you know, Men and women can promise you the world, but it's really what they deliver on. And, you know, in, in text, it's hard to get to that level. And to really, you know, the inflection of your voice and, you know, sometimes just that, that silence after something is very meaningful in dialogue and conversation. So, so with him, I'm going to say right now, you know, you've got a while before he's going to really step forward vehemently. There may be a time that he does step forward vehemently, but this is not the time. Um, but I do feel you're going to maintain a friendship, and I do feel you will hear from him. Okay. All right? That's so true. Thank you. All right. Thank you for clarifying it. Thanks for calling me, Thank right. you. Bye-bye. 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 So do you want to talk about a few things? Or I, I actually want to take the next person in line there, too. Okay. Um, but do you want to take her now or do you want to... Um... Let's, do it. Let's take her now. Okay. We can return to our topic. 
Hang on. There we go. I click and nothing happens. Tanika. Hi. Hi. Welcome back. Hi. Hi, Lady Fontaine. Hi. How are you? I'm okay. I'm still um, I'm still looking for a lawyer for um, my case. I still haven't gotten a date yet, but I just wanted to let you know that I'm still looking. And um, I got um, your message from your your assistant um, as far as, like, people I should reach out to to help me with that. So I wanted to Good. say thank you. For that, for oh, sure. Did did any of that pan out? Or is that where you're still sort of pursuing yeah. things, or did you? Okay, good, good. I'm glad I'm to hear still that. I'm pursuing it because because okay. a lot of them they call and on their voicemail say make sure you have a court case already set before you contact us, and I don't yet have a court case yet. Uh, so I have okay. to wait. Yeah, but um, okay. And I hope so, you pursue. I really do hope you pursue it. I'm going to try to listen to you. I'm, I'm really trying to listen to you on that because you're one of the only people that say you think I should and it, it might be worth something. So I'm, I'm going to try to just be confident and just try to carry it through, like go through with it. Do I say I think? I I feel you should. <laughs> I don't feel I, I think it. I feel you should. I really do. I feel it. in the end so it'll work out for you. Yeah. It's and I going to be the real. You also will feel better about everything because you'll have a sense of, you know, like you'll sigh of a sigh of relief, and and otherwise I feel this has the potential of scarring you and sort of standing in your way of being able to move forward. Yeah, because I'm already in that sense, so scarred place from this place. Still, I so oh, it's, you it's are. like it, it needs to happen. So. Right. Um, it'll be so, the first time I ever stand up for myself. I hope I actually knew a, 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 an attorney, a labor attorney in New York. She was really great, but it was years ago. I don't even remember her name, but she was great. If I think of it, I'll, I'll reach out. Yeah, please. So, next event today, you want to talk about Frank? We haven't talked about him in a while. I know. I wanted to, of course, because he's the last person I was with, and he broke my heart. I just figured I would ask about him, and if not. If you don't see anything about him, I, I really do still want to have children and get married one day and have love. So I also wanted to just kind of see what you saw with that if, if you don't see anything with him. All right. Um, <clears throat> I'm just scanning really, you know, in a lot of different ways to see. Um All right, so this is what my my guides are saying to me, um, that they want me to pass on to you. That because you what you mentioned in the last part of what you just said, that um you want to have kids, you want to get married. Um if you don't start really letting go, and I'm gonna let Jim talk more about letting go when I'm finished talking. And you, you, you listen to our shows. Go back and even listen to some of the previous shows. Um, you need to really get him out of your system. I'm not saying he's totally gone. I kind of don't feel much right now, but there's a little bit of lingering energy. And I've scanned your energy to see if that's all I'm picking up on, and it is not. Um, so, so I feel something in Frank's energy. I mean, I'm not feeling any um, immediate, 
you know, uh, hope or perspective that he's going to magically appear and be marriage-minded and ready to dive into things. But I don't feel it's totally over, and I really don't want to say that, what I feel. Um, But my very strong advice to you is to try to put that behind you. And like I said, I'm going to let Jim talk about letting go for a minute. And try to move forward because if marriage and children are so important to you, this is what's holding you back. It's, it's, it's still so, so much there, even with every, all the other stuff going on in your life right now, Tanika, he's still there. He's still very, there pretty prominently in your energy that, that need, want, desire, that hope, it's hope, it's hope, it's hope, it's hope there. So you haven't let go of hope, right? that he will step back, right? Yeah, I can't help that, you know, he hurt me the way that he did. And, like, we had um, a really, like, intimate connection, and it was really a good, fun connection, too. And he hurt me really bad that he just seems like he can just walk away from me. Um, You know, there's something, and it's really interesting. I'm going to be talking about it a little bit later, Um it's a, a modality in psychology, and um, to, a, a psychologist and a therapist more or less did research, and they've developed this whole uh, perspective on relationships. And it, there's a book out. It's called Attached, and I'm going to talk about it soon. And it talks about different attachment types. And down the road, we might do a show on this. Um, but, you know, um, one, one thing it really stresses in that book is that based on where you fall into the, the various, uh, I don't want to say categories, but types or, or styles or um, attachment types, um, is that, that feeling like you just said, well, I, we have such a great connection and blah, 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 blah. And it was something that Jim even said to me before. What we have to learn to do is trust that if we were able to draw in one person like that, that there are other people like that out there. See, what we do is we sort of frame it. What what we should do in trusting the process is know that, man, if I drew one person in like that, I'm going to draw someone better in, someone who's ready and isn't going to hurt me, but where I have that same kind of connection. And and that, you know, you have to make you have to make a commitment to yourself to do that. But it also means letting go, and it also means go back and listen to our show on forgiveness, especially the second version of forgiveness, which was Jim's perspective of it. We are truly forgiving. He, what Jim feels is, I'm going to let him talk about it, but letting go is what you should do right now. Forgiving, according to Jim, would be letting the person back in. And that's the problem. You're, in that, you're, in that, you're stuck in that place of wanting him back. And I understand you have this great connection. We've talked about it on previous shows, you know, what I've picked up about it. I'm not saying it doesn't exist there. What I am saying is my guides are are guiding me to tell you that that's what's holding you back from everything that you want. So at some point, the onus is on you to learn how to let go. And for a minute, I'm going to turn it over to, to Jim, can you talk a little bit more about letting go and stuff yeah, like that? Yeah, I, 
I mean, you 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 nailed it very nicely. I, you know, good examples would be if you if you keep this door open, you don't allow any other doors to open. Bingo! That, I like that. That's like exactly that what I'm hearing. So by closing this door, by, by by saying this is this is finished, and I have nothing more to expect from this direction, you're allowing yourself to look in other directions. Um, so I need to ask you, Tanika. To open up in other directions too, not yes. just reading it. She she would allow that allowing other opportunities to come to her is what I want her to get out of it. Yeah. Okay. You got that, Tanika? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I know you have to say that he's coming back and everything's going to be fine, <laughs> but I'm telling you, there's someone different out there that other doors will open. I'm turning it back over to him this time. Let's try Let's try try this, Tanika. Do you think he could ever hurt you again the way he hurt you before? That's a good question. Yeah. Yeah. Are you willing willing to endure that? No. You know, if your best friend was in a really, and then I'm letting you talk again, (laughs) but if your best friend was with, with somebody like Frank, if Frank hurt you, hurt them the way he hurt you, what would you say to your best friend? To get him, get rid of him. Yeah. Don't do it, Jim. That's, that's what really we're trying to <laughs> I'm really limited. I'm going to mute you. <laughs> you on, I, I'm on my phone. <laughs> no, it's okay. That's that's. <laughs> That's, I mean, you, you got to take that to heart because you're keeping this door open. He looks like the only guy who's ever been what you really want. But on the other hand, is he really the guy that you really want? Because what you're seeing and what you're telling me quite clearly is that you're afraid that he'll do this again. And if he has any potential in your mind to do that again, you'll always, you'll always be watching for it. And this is going to be a really rough thing for your relationship. Bingo, bingo. No matter what he does, you're going to be looking for him to do to hurt you again. What did you tell me, Jim, before the show? We were talking about pessimists. Oh, and pessimists. You said, you said a positive pessimist? A, a pessimist what? is always looking for things going wrong. That's what a pessimist does. Is always upset. Right. I'm sorry, is always pleased when things don't happen that way. But a lot of pessimists spend time being concerned about whether things are going to go wrong, like they imagine them to which means they spend their whole time suffering about something that isn't necessarily going to happen. Right. Yeah. Right. How does that apply? I, where I feel it applies to Tamiko, and then I'll let her talk. Go for it. <laughs> um, is energetically. And it's what we send out that matters. That's what the law of attraction is all about. It's not about, you know, really manifesting something. It's where our energy lies. Like if we're living in fear, we're going to draw in more situations that make us feel fearful. If we're living in joy and trust, we're going to draw in more situations that make us feel joyful and, and trusting. If, and to translate that in energy things, if we think nobody's out there for us, we're going to draw in situations where nobody steps up to the plate and nobody meets our standards or we don't meet anybody that's even worthwhile. Uh, and that's the energy you're sending out. And that's why I say it's single-handedly in your hands to create and manifest just right. what you say you want. Marriage, children, 
but you've got to trust that there's someone. I, I almost believe as soon as you open up and trust that there's someone else out there, things will work out whichever way they're supposed to, with Frank or whomever. So, so about closing the door, a great way to close the door is every time you open the door, that is every time you say, oh, I wish Frank were back, you can say, oh, but that's not going to happen. Gently, be kind to yourself like you would be talking to a five-year-old and just gently say, that's not going to happen. And I'm going to have to do something else with that. And, and I'm, you know, hoping that, hoping there's another person coming. Um, right. Okay. Go ahead. Trust, trusting that there's someone better coming is what I want her to do. Just, yeah. It's all in energy. It's all what you send out is what you get back. And it's hard. I mean, you know, it's hard. When, 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 when everything gets back to normal with you, um, come see me and I'll work with you and, and get you on, on the right track. I, I, I mean, I, I have not contacted him or spoken to him um i've just been here by myself um yeah. i've just been in an isolation has he changed or are things going to change for me like coming soon or anything because i just i've left him alone you know right and that's the best thing to do right now is leave him alone but he hasn't gone through a like a 180 that's going to um totally shift and change him and, and him suddenly be ready for what you really desire in life. That hasn't happened. And again, it's not what you're doing. It's what you're believing. Your beliefs are deep-seated and they're what drives the outcome of what we, we draw into our lives. So um, right now, I just don't feel he's at a point where... Um, you know, he's gone through major changes. What I will say is that I do feel he thinks about you, and I do feel um, you, as much as you feel that amazing connection that you shared, I believe he does, he did, and he recognizes it as well. I feel he deals with um, a sense of, you know, like, how do you how do you go back when you've been such a, you know, uh, a dog in, in how he treated you and how do you rebuild from there? And I don't know that he has the skills to do it either, but, um, you know, uh, it's it's not ready. The timing isn't right, but you are in the driver's seat because you can decide, do you want to wait another, how many years has it been? Or do you want, to try to move on. I'm telling you, if you try to move on, not try, if you move on, you'll see the, the, the miracles you draw into your life. How long has it been since he left? I stopped talking. The last time he texted me was in September, and I didn't answer him. The last time I spoke with him through text was June. The last time we physically saw each other was last, uh, I think it was last December, not the one that just passed. Right, so over a year. I mean, you know, it's it's like you, you hold the key to your own life. We all do. 
and it's what you want to do with it. Work on you. Holding on. See, what you're doing is you're giving all your power away. I'm going to have to cut this uh, conversation short because we do have other callers, and there's a lot of topics that we want to talk about tonight. But, um, there, you know, you do have, you have all the power, but you're, give it, you're choosing to give it away. You're basically saying that if he comes back, I'll be happy and I'll have the potential of having everything that I want. But until that happens, I have nothing. I'm just, I'll sit here alone and I'll have nothing. And when you send that out to the universe, that's exactly what you get back. The way to get him back is to start having something. That's why I want you to rebuild your life with that other issue and not let people walk all over you because that's what, that's what you're allowing him to do and that's what you're allowing the other situation. You know, define your boundaries very clearly and either someone lives up to that that boundary or that expect I don't like to use the word expectation but that requirement or they don't and right now even though you had that great connection he didn't and he hurt you and and I don't remember the details of what happened but he's not there right now and do you think he's sitting around worrying about you right now I mean think of how different your life would be right now if you had a partner that was supportive to you Right. Because that's what you need. Then we'll, I'll, we'll, we'll continue this uh, at another time, all right? Because I got to go. But did okay. that help you? Did that answer any of your questions? Yes. I hope it gives you bigger insight in a, in a bigger way into what to do. But I'll follow up with you um, by email. Yeah. Okay. Thanks, right. for, thanks for calling, yeah. Tanika. Thank you, ladies. All right. Thank, thank you very much. Bye bye. Take care. Bye bye. I almost hung up. <laughs> Look at this. No, don't do that. <laughs> um, all right. So I, I actually want to start at the, at the end, like I said, because I don't want to miss telling this. Because a lot of people think love and Tamika's situation, and I know they had a phenomenal connection, and they did, and a lot of people have great connections. But if it's not followed with certain characteristics, then a relationship is going to be doomed for failure. So I do want to start with discussing um, really what those pieces of a relationship are, and then I'm going to backtrack to um, really more about love and, and, and what it is. But one of the primary things, and I'm going to make myself a laughing joke in a minute, this is funny. It really is funny. I can't one, wait. One, of the most, <laughs> one of the most important things is that you, you do need, I believe communication is first and foremost above sure. anything. If you don't communicate, and what happens is when, when one partner is either very distant or not communicating, the other person is not knowing what's going on in either whatever happens in the relationship is a total surprise to them or you're, 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 you're building up that uh, anxiety and that, um, that unknown, those unknown feelings. And you're not creating that stable, secure environment in a relationship, which is mandatory. So you have to be willing to communicate. And the most important way to communicate is to be very open and vulnerable. Now, that's the part that I'm going to make a laughing joke out of myself. Um, <laughs> 
when I was married to Lewis, <laughs> and then I went into therapy because I wanted to divorce him and I wanted to figure out why I stayed in that relationship. I remember my therapist. <laughs> my therapist said to me, um, "Are you willing to be vulnerable?" And I went, "Is that part of it?" <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. I had no idea back then. I didn't. I wasn't emotionally mature enough. I mean, I looked at her, what? Vulnerability, is that part of it? I had Mm. no idea. And now I believe it's it's one of the top two things, communication and vulnerability. If you don't have that, you don't have a relationship. And that's another thing I want to talk about is honesty. It's not even on my list, I, I don't think, here. But how important is honesty to you in a relationship? Either one, whoever wants to jump in. Well, I think if you're going with vulnerability and honesty, you have to, the root of that is trust. So that, that is, you have to have that as a foundation before you can have anything. And I, right. I think it's and critical. Honesty is very important I, and trust is, yes. yeah, that's, that's the key. I agree. Jim, you agree with that, right? Yeah. Um... Or, <laughs> um, you know, I can't be vulnerable around someone I don't trust. I would agree 100%. So I'm, I'm with you on that. Um, I can't be honest around someone I don't trust because they can't. Well, I think honesty and vulnerability are, are intimately related. That, you know, vulnerability is a form of honesty. About, it is. It's about my honesty. personal deep stuff that I really can't reveal to everybody. Right. So. <laughs> So how would you feel if in an early part of a relationship you caught somebody in something that wasn't totally honest? Would you wipe that person off of your plate totally or would you somehow balance it or give them another chance or what? And I know it depends on the degree of what I think it it would depend on. It's all about context, of course. you know, the whole situation has to be judged in its own terms. Excuse me. Zentite. Thank you. Which one? Uh, I'll pick you. Which God? <laughs> yeah, which God? <laughs> <laughs> name name a few and I'll pick one. <laughs> um, um, but, that's his Buddhist Hindu perspective speaking right. there. <laughs> Actually, I got that from a from a pretty powerful country teacher. Somebody said, God bless you. And she said, oh, really? Thank you. Which one? (laughs) I think that was cute. But let's assume it wasn't like somebody telling a a horrible lie or anything, but it was so early in a relationship that someone made an assumption that how can I trust this? Mm. I, I think it's important to call them on it. I do too. But would you give them more opportunities let's assume the person said all right you know yeah you're right i uh, i'm embarrassed and blah 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 then you give them another the way i look at it is like this if i catch them on it they say yeah you're right and i own it then i'll turn around and say to myself okay that means that this person may have been hiding that stuff because they were concerned about how i would react and now that they know i won't react badly to it let's see what happens you know and what happens if react badly to it well everybody's damaged i mean because we've had such a such a really rotten 
growing up and learning about these kinds of ideas that everybody's gotten into bad habits about these things. It's like, you know, uh, uh, I'm not going to go into examples. So I feel like people need to be given more space in order to be able to find a place to be able to be that. But I'm not going to well, give them a lot of room for that. But I'm right, give them a that's little room. right, that's the Buddhist perspective, and also not to react um, right away. Isn't that the Buddhist perspective? I don't know if it's necessarily Buddhist, but I think it's healthy. Otherwise, we're just going to have a bunch of people running around not trusting each other because they know they're lying, but they're not going to point it out to each other. No, I think it's important to point it out. Mm -hmm. I I do. And which ties right into the next point, which is be willing to forgive. Mm -hmm. And that's tough sometimes. I guess it depends on, on... what happens, you know, what, what you have to forgive. We, we, we had a show on forgiveness, so we went into pretty great lengths on that. And then um, the next one, which I think is critical, and it's sort of what you were just saying, Jim, is to be willing to own it and apologize. I mean, most people don't, and that, that mm-hmm. just makes the problem so much worse. Mm-hmm. that they they let it escalate or they won't own it or they'll bl- you know typical narcissist blame someone else mm-hmm. but um or they blame you that, right <laughs> yeah. well that's what blame someone other themselves yeah. mm-hmm. um but i i think be, owning it owning your actions and be willing to apologize sincerely mm-hmm. And then it is the onus on that other person. If they forgive them, then they have to forgive them and not keep bringing it up like someone I know. Oh. <laughs> no, I'm guilty. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> 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 I thought All I was right, getting so a left-handed then, slap there. <laughs> All right. So, um, so then this is obvious. Let them know that you care. I think that that's important. You know, and I think that's, you know, I deal with this a lot with clients where they'll tell me, I'll tell them what I pick up, and they'll, I'll say to them, I'm sure he or she must have said that to you. And they'll say, no, they, they don't ever say anything. How long would either one of you last in a relationship if somebody wasn't telling you how they felt about you? Good, bad, or indifferent. Once, once, I, once it's pretty obvious that that's not happening, that they're not telling me about their feelings, that doesn't go very long. Yeah. Right. I, I don't have much about? trust for them because I, it, it's a habit, and they can't get out of that habit easily unless they start practicing it. And if they don't practice it, then I'm the person they're supposed to practice on. <laughs> yeah, but that's, we know that people don't change. And do you want to, how many years do you want to spend while someone's trying to figure uh, things out? I'm not, to, I'm not talking about years. I'm just, I'm talking, I need to give them a chance to show me that, that, that there's something different going on. And then I'll, then I'll you know, say, okay, this is done. Because Let's assume that somebody for 50 years or 60 years or whatever the number is has had a, a, pers- a, a certain personality trait. Do you really think they're capable of I I can't I can't throw anybody into the garbage. I have to give everybody an opportunity. I have to give everybody a, a chance. I think that's nice. Uh, Paul, do you have anything to say on this? I think uh, it's a really beautiful uh, way of, of of looking at the world and and uh, carrying yourself. Uh, something I think we should strive for. It's difficult for me to give. 
um, some people the room um, in particular, you know, there's a, a specific person in my life that has caused so much emotional damage that my, um, my boundaries are set pretty high and far away from me. And that's right. not, um, you know, I, I guess that's in Jim's definition, that's I haven't been able to forgive. Um, and I guess that's true because, uh, or let go either. Way. How many times, how many times do you need to be kicked in the teeth before you say, I'm not going to let you do that anymore. Exactly. So that, that's but where that's, I am with, with that level of forgiveness. Exactly. Eventually yeah. I want to get to the point where I can say, I wish nothing the best, but the best for you. And I'll mm-hmm. keep saying that until it's true. But I'm not even there yet with this situation because it's, it's just like, been, it's it's like that Jewish with that Jewish blessing. May God bless and keep the Tzav far away from us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I, I wish I wish I had a little bit more of that for uh, for general purposes. But it's I think Jim's right. You've got to allow people room to um, either make the error or redeem themselves. And if you believe in somebody and you trust them. Sometimes that's all they need in order to break out and become who they should be. It's someone believing in them and saying, I think, I think you can be a good person. So some people need that. They need someone to believe in them. How much time do you give a person though? It depends on the circumstances. You you know, it it, it all changes and it's like, uh, like you want to give somebody the opportunity, but at the same time, you don't want to expose yourself to needless aggravation and suffering. Mm-hmm. So you want to balance that out. It's like, all right, I'll let you in close enough to do a little bit of damage, you know, mm-hmm. but I still have my, my boundaries up enough. And if you, right. if you, if you screw over, screw me over, then I can put the door up and just push you back some more. So right. Right. you've got, you've got to protect, I think everyone needs to be as gentle as they can with everybody, but still not sacrifice their own um, sanity. It's, it's too hard to be that yeah. giving. You know? Be gentle, but not stupid. <laughs> right? <laughs> and, uh, certain people just trigger you in different yes. ways because oh, yeah. of certain behavior. So your tolerance level is lower and some, some people is higher. There right. are people that I click with so well that, you know, I can't even remember, you know, any, any difficulty. And then there's other people that everything they say triggers me. Right, it drives you the wrong way. Right. And then, that's how I that yeah, that's that's everything. Yeah. yeah. The universe is sending them to you in order to challenge you, mm-hmm. you know, to be more forgiving and to be more. I, <laughs> don't, ever, I don't, don't ever pray for faith, uh, patience. I mean, don't no. ever pray for patience. Oh no. God. Bad idea. More <laughs> about an opportunity for you to look inward and fix because that elicits an emotion in you yes. when somebody triggers you. Right. And that's an opportunity for you to look at where that emotion is being triggered from. Right. Not a, that, that, that person's really a gift and a lesson for you. I've got, a, I've got a good story about that. I was dating this woman um, many years ago, and um, I started to grow a beard in. I was clean-shaven at the time and had very short hair, so I was letting my beard come in over the winter, and my hair was starting to grow longer. And she told me a story that when she was like uh, eight or nine years old, she had a babysitter, this guy who had a beard and long hair, who was very verbally and mentally abusive to her. So oh. this beard and the hair was triggering her. And she's like, wow, I, I, I'm sorry, but I'm just, you know, uh, I'm, I'm finding you less and less attractive. And, and this, this happened to me and blah, blah, blah. And I just said, 
Well, I said, well, maybe this is a good opportunity for you to work through those feelings with somebody yeah. that you love and trust that mm-hmm. looks this Bingo. way and you can get all, and before I could even get this out of my mouth, she was like yelling at me and telling me I didn't understand it. And on and on and on. And I'm like, mm-hmm. yeah, all right, I'll shave. You know? <laughs> but <Ugh>. you know, <laughs> it was like, it was so stupid because I was like, you know, here's, and I was nice about it. I wasn't judgmental. I was very gentle about it. But I was like, mm-hmm. here's an opportunity for you. You yeah. can you can get it over this enough. trigger because I love you so and you love me and I have a beard, you know. But when you're triggered, it is so hard to see straight. I know. I, I, I know that personally. It is yeah. so difficult. It really, really yeah. is. Well, she was two marriages ago, <laughs> and she's been through two marriages, and I haven't seen her in 15, 20 years, so I'm sure she still has the same problem. And I'm like, you could have fixed it. <laughs> Right, exactly. At least you could have come to understand it and and incorporate it into your tools. Um, um, Perhaps perhaps saying, did I change or did my face change? Yeah. (laughs) Is is what's going on behind the beard and everything now scary when it wasn't before? Are you you projecting? (laughs) And, and, you know, because... That's that's true, and and for her, she's going to walk around projecting on everybody with long hair and a beard as being someone who's going to hurt her and be right. you know abusive, and she's going to miss out on half of the male society out there because the rest of them don't, you know, the rest of us don't shave. Right. <laughs> uh, I, don't, I don't have that issue because I love men with facial hair. Uh, me too. <laughs> Here we are. <laughs> you got to. The show when you said that Lady Fontaine is the one without the beard. Did you? Bypass that part? Well, you weren't on video, so I skipped that part of the script because it yeah. made no sense. It's like there's Lady Fontaine without the face. She's not on <laughs> the call. She's the faceless one that she's, really yeah, is the one here, that's... but you don't see her. She's a ghost, but she's right. not dead. She's here in spirit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, fortunately, thanks to my phone, I made it here. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. All right. We should take a call. Okay. We're, we're, we're losing time oh, here. We should take, take a call. Yeah. All right. Go ahead. Who do we have? Got a couple good oh, ones. I put the phone down like I could do that. Okay. My arm is getting tired here. Let's let's talk to Tasha. Okay. Tasha, are you there? Tasha? Oh, looks like uh, right, so uh, Tasha's not there. You want to talk to Lisa? Dad. Hello, Lisa. Oh. Hi. Hi. Hi, you guys. I Hi. am listening back. to your show, and I believe in what you're talking about. I have some time to myself here where I'm, I left a, a many relationship, and I'm by myself. And so I've had time to kind of process some stuff. And I had a two marriages prior to the other relationship and so I'm thinking and I'm putting on my vision board what I want and I'm thinking about what I learned from the previous uh, relationships and I'm understanding now that I'm by myself and I'm thinking you know those two guys that I married at different times and telling myself they really loved me Mm -hmm. and because today I say you know what is love I want to understand the meaning of it. But I look at that. Now, I'm not wanting them back. I'm not pining for them. But um, 
I'm trying to understand what I contributed to the relationship by way of demise. And I think they adored me, each different guy, and they loved me. And I went in like a tyrant. I was the oldest, I'm the oldest of nine. And I just, you know, eventually they both dumped me at different times. Mm-hmm. But why do you think I, you do that? Why do you, I could tell you why you do that, but why do you think you do that or you did that? You went in with like a tyrant. Why, why, I, why I did that? Because I'm not doing yes, that why, anymore. And but why do you think I, you did it? Uh, it was power control. It was modeled in my house and uh, growing up and uh, identified with a stronger individual in our house, and that was my dad, although I'm heterosexual. But um, so anyway, no, I'm understanding today what was toxic, what I brought into the relationship that was toxic. And I'm working on healing that and recently releasing it. And I'm understanding the equal part of share, 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 mutual respect, you know, all of that I'm working to no, I know it. I mean, it's the only way I have, you know, I have male friends, I have girlfriends, and and that's what I bring to the table today, my moral compass and values and understanding. And that's what I would bring to a relationship. But, you know, it's been recent, a lot of peeling the onion, like in the way of when I moved relocated five and a half hours away uh, to this new location, and I sit here, and I'm very busy, but I'm by myself. I'm by myself. And so I thought, I knew that when I relocated, I was going to be working on my spiritual self and some other stuff. But I uh, really realized recently the epiphany was, I mean, I was saying, when I move, I know I'm going to take myself with me. But recently, when I didn't want to come home, and this place is, you know, I'm here by myself. And I thought, you know what, I had the same feeling when I was living with that other person for a long time, I didn't want to go home and I blamed it on them. No, it's about me. I didn't mm-hmm. want to go right. home because I'm right. stuck with me. That's right. Right, exactly. And it is always, you know, what you're, you're sharing that. And when I, I could tell, I'll share this. When I decided to leave my ex-husband, I remembered that I was very angry. And I remember I was sitting on the stairs, putting on my sneakers to take Lucky out. You remember Lucky, Tim? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Five years ago or so. And um, I realized that I was not really angry at him. I was angry at myself for putting myself oh. in the situation. Oh, and that okay. And that's why I went into therapy back then to get myself out of that that rut and that the period of time that I actually developed this whole inner child system that I use because what I realized is all of these things trace back it's what I said at the very beginning of the show is that the environments that we grow up in like you you basically said you know that you got to be strong and controlling and stuff what I actually felt in your energy was that you went into it as a tyrant, as a defense mechanism, because you were afraid to let down those walls. And not just because you were taught to be strong, but because there is a very, I don't want to say weak part of you, but there's an unknown part of you that you're afraid to reveal in fear of getting hurt. 
Did that resonate with you at all? Oh, my God, yeah. The second marriage, we were in therapy, you know, to try and bring us together, marriage therapy. And I, I did say to him in therapy, you know, I'm so afraid of losing you. And he never saw that side of me before, never. And the first marriage, I remember begging him not to ever leave me, you know, after we'd been together a while. And we were on the phone, and I was having a meltdown. And I said, please, please don't ever leave me. That was my fear, you know. Well, that's abandonment issues, right. I mean, that's what was driving you. And what the reason why we have abandonment issues is because we were abandoned. We felt abandoned early in our life. Um, you know, and, and what usually happens, because I've dealt with abandonment issues as well, and I, I still do on some level. Um, when, you, when you grow up in an environment where you're not given that nurturing and that love that you truly need, you said, you had to be strong. You had to be forceful. You had to, you know, do all this other stuff. That's what was expected in your your childhood, where what you needed as a two-year-old little girl or a one-year-old little girl or a six-month little girl is you needed somebody to worship you and honor you and love you. And those pieces were missing. I mean, everything that you've said to me shows me that you know, what you said in each one of your marriages. Um, so, and that's still there. Like you're emphasizing right now that you're sitting there all alone. Um, gee, that's a wonderful thought for some people, you know, to have that solitude and that ability to, I, you know. I, I'm right there. I'm the best friend. I don't, I'd be just happy being alone. Right. I and I have many times to work in on my life. <laughs> yes, I have many times in my life where I, I worship those moments where I, I don't have to, you know, not that I, I would be in a relationship where I have to report to somebody, but relationships aren't just about one person fitting into another person's life. You change. I mean, it's, it's, you, you become a partnership, and that partnership changes the dynamics of your, your life. So where you had all this free time, you might not have as much free time in a relationship, but but. You know, for for me, I, I worship those and I value that time alone. And you fear it because of no, issues no, that... No, 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 so, no. Occasionally. I don't... Look, I'm getting really settled into my alone time. And I have said for years I'm my own best friend. I have a lot of interests. I'm a potter. I'm a bicyclist. I work out. I do yoga. Blah, 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 blah. But there are times that other night when I it hit me... And I understand that. I understand everything, and I agree with everything you're saying. I was in my second marriage, and I remember he and I sitting in the church at a church service, and we're surrounded by people, and I'm sitting next to him. And I'm thinking, you know, it was like the fourth year of our marriage, and I thought, I am the loneliest person on the planet. So I know I could be in a room full of people or, you know, a lover and feel alone. I know that. I know so this time of self-discovery is definitely me time. I'm selling into it. Sometimes I think, oh, gosh, you know, I don't want to be the person that is never going to get used to being in a couple situation because I do want that. But like Cahill Cabron, I'm not even saying his name correctly, but he said, you know, we don't cleave on to each other, and I'm paraphrasing, we're separate. We're separate. And that's... Definitely what I respect and I honor, for sure. And what I want. Right. Yeah. 
Right. But that feeling, uh, and I often give that comparison or that analogy um, to clients about, you know, who, when people say, oh, I'm alone, I just need someone to be here, and I bring that up. You could be in a room with 100 people and still feel alone. And what that aloneness is is the lack of connection to yourself. It's always that. It has nothing to do. Nobody could fill that hole but you. It's not up to anyone no. else. It's no else's job. You, when you go into a relationship, you should complement each other, not fill each other's holes and weaknesses. Exactly. Yep, it doesn't work otherwise. Yep, you're right. Doesn't work Exactly right. You're exactly right when you say that. It's not just words. It doesn't work. That's why some relationships are better not to happen if there's that imbalance or that constant tug of war or then, or people not seeing these, you know, these, these pieces of what is so important to the foundation of a relationship, you can't hobble on two of them and expect to have a fruitful relationship. You can't. I mean, the next one that I'm really anxious to talk about, I think is one of the most important things, and it's something that I hear regularly from clients. And I'm going to say it while, while I have you on the phone. It's, the words here are listen to what they have to say. But truly, I think it's imperative that you are that present with your partner that your partner feels heard. And if your partner is saying to you, I don't feel heard, that means someone's not doing something right. Either they're not listening, yeah. the person isn't yeah. listening, or the other person isn't listening enough to hear what that person truly needs. What that person truly yeah. needs is usually something just as easy as I hear you or I get that or I'm so sorry you experienced that or something. Yeah. I remember, Paul, we were, we were once doing a show, and I said something, and you said, oh, I'm so sorry or something. I go, what happened? You know, like, I didn't, and then you said, no, that's my response. But that was the perfect response to something. Yeah. Or that's terrible, or whatever your yeah. words were. But that's what we need. We need that validation. And yeah. so, you know, earlier we were talking about egocentric or narcissistic people, and you can't get that from, from those types of no. people. And that's why we've done shows on that. But um, your yeah. insight is terrific, Lisa. Um, I, I respect where you are. I'm glad that you're taking this journey, and you're taking some of the journey with us, which I'm happy for as well. But, yeah. No, um, I love the, the men. I love your perspective and your psychic ability. I love when the men talk about their personal lives of telling their screener because it, you know, because I'm a woman, heterosexual, it's nice to get that perspective. The other memory that I have, and this is real short and I'll let you go, my first marriage, no, my second marriage, he came home one day, I remember, and he was sitting down and he cried and he said, I don't know what to do about these bills. And I said to him, you need to go out there. I'm laughing because this is terrible. It's very painful and I feel bad. It's not a good laughing matter. I said, you need to go out there and take care of this. I don't want to hear it. Hmm. And I... Over the years, and this 22, this decade, many decade long relationship I was in, I really wanted to work on seeing the person I was with as a true, you know, as a human being, because they are human beings. They have blood, they have vessels, they have organs I have. 
and the emotions. You know, I didn't. I grew up in a home where we didn't value each other. We didn't at all, and that was something part of my being a tyrant. You know, and it's and so if I ever had contact with him, I would say for that I'm sorry. That's where I would like to say my amends in that way. I don't live or die over that. I mean, it's only if we cross paths. But anyway, that's what I had to say. But I want to say the one thing that it ties into some of the previous shows we've done on forgiveness. When you hold that inside, the only person who gets hurt is you. So, Jim, what would you say to her about letting go? She's not interested in letting the person back in, but in letting go of that, that exactly. feeling. Well, the, the feeling, I mean, the feeling is, I think it's a valuable feeling in that she has gratitude now. Yes. That's, and that's that's and a useful agree. feeling, and and to hold I, that yeah. as as something to as a gift that you can give him later, it doesn't mean you're trying to reestablish a relationship. It's just no. saying. God no. I had that happen to me. My 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 first wife actually reached out to me and said, "You know all those awful things that I put in our divorce papers." I said, "Yeah, that's why I don't really want to be a friend anymore." And she said, "Well." You know what's funny is my second husband said the exact same things, and you never met him. <laughs> she said, "That's oh, all wow. my stuff, not yours." And that to me, you know, that sparked a new friendship that we never had before because all the yuck that she put into our divorce papers. Wow. So, right. so for me, and that the, that was a that was a redeeming was, moment for our, for us as friends, right. as people who had a good good relationship at one point. But but yeah. not only not only what she put in the divorce papers. I mean, like you said, you had a good relationship at one point. But in order for you have, to have gotten divorced, obviously it felt it was crumbling. Yeah. Along the way, so it's not only what you put in the what she put in the divorce papers, but what she brought to the relationship at that point. Well, what we both brought to it. I'm not going to say it was all her fault, but I'm going to well, say usually that usually it is two people it takes two to tango. Yeah. Right. And I'm always aware of that, so I know I'm responsible too. Um, on, uh, but it was it was very very gratifying to know. I mean, she she spent a lot of years blaming me for all of her problems, and it showed up in the divorce papers. And my job was to sign them, and that ended, ended the marriage. You know, I didn't have much say about how can I respond to this, how can I say this isn't true. Now it's an official document, and I've signed it. <laughs> it's like an admission of guilt. Well, uh, yeah, but it's a position she wanted to put me in. Yeah. Right. So, right. I mean, I had some not nice things in my divorce papers too, but the law makes you do it. You yes. have to have a reason. It does now. It doesn't any longer in New York state. Oh, it does. It, it did at the time. Oh. Yeah. So well, she had yeah, to put reasons. But she, right. she, she only had to put one. but i still think if you're going if you get that far to get to the divorce then um there's there's built up and pent up stuff in there yeah you know it doesn't matter who's bringing it to the table it's there lawyers get paid by the word so (laughs) (laughs) i always thought it was by the hour by the way Uh, but all right, Lisa, thank you so much for the call. And, um, yeah, thank I hope you that we've been given you, you some insight tonight. And well, you reinforce my, you know, I'm on this journey and I love it. I embrace it. But there is one or two times like 
But I had the realization the other night that I take myself with me. I'm with me, and I'm doing a lot of inner work right now. Good for you. Good for you. I love that. Keep it up. We're we're working for you, okay? I'm sure you'll get there. Thank you. Yeah, of course. I am there. I am there. I love it. Thank you. There you are. Be here, be now. (laughs) 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 All right. I like it. Thank you. Bye. All righty. Bye-bye. Thank you. All right, so what I had said before while Lisa was on the phone is so important because that is so much what I hear from clients, and I have felt that as well, rarely, because I won't spend time with somebody if they don't hear me, but it is something that's so important. I believe if I have time today, if not, we'll do a show on it, to talk about these attachment styles. I believe part of it is that, that if you have – opposing attachment styles, it's going to be that constant tug of war with each other because you're never going to be able to make, um, to be able to connect or fully, you're not going to meet each other's needs. You're just not going to be able to because you're coming from different perspectives and different needs. What was that noise? That was that was Facebook Messenger telling me that I've got. I was, that was my phone telling me something. I didn't turn it oh. off. I'm sorry. Oh, it's off right. now. No, right. I didn't know if something happened to the show or because the nights <laughs> are crazy. Let me check. I mean, it really is. So, um, all right. So then the I just want to go to a couple more of these things. Go um, for it. Obvious things. Obviously, you have to prioritize spending time with the other person, and I don't think the healthy relationship is built on spending all your time with anybody because I don't think that's healthy. I think people need to maintain their own interests, their own friends, their own whatever. But I do feel that a partner needs to feel that you are making them a priority. Like if, if all you care about is going out with your buddies drinking or riding a motorcycle and she doesn't go motorcycle riding with you, then she's going to feel left out. You know, she's not going to feel like she's a priority. So I do feel that you have to prioritize spending time. And I do very much agree that at times you should do, like especially if you have a family, do date nights once a week or whatever so you have that quiet time with your partner. But I think it takes more than one night, you know, a a week to really connect with someone. I think that's, you know, that that should be a regular thing. You know, I, I do. So, um, the other thing is reciprocate loving gestures and acts of kindness, recognize and acknowledge their good qualities, share things about yourself, which is part of vulnerability, show affection and show the hardest thing in this world, unconditional love. So How do you that? do that? <laughs> you talk about it. Here, okay. you talk about it. I know. I have so many clients oh, that. Who? What? The, uh, the first therapist, client-centered uh, therapist. Um, Freud? No, Freud was not client-centered. Oh, uh, client-centered. I didn't hear that you said that. Young. Yeah. Yep. It's no, young. No. Oh. Hang on. Uh, Carl Rogers. There we are. Carl Rogers. Oh, uh, God, I've heard that in a long time. Yeah. Oh, my God. Carl yeah, Rogers is like the, the first therapist that broke away from the Freudian model of the psyche and came up with this whole idea of how a therapist should be, act towards 
towards uh, their client. And, and really what he's describing, he says outright, he says, this is really the relationship that a friend should have for another friend. And that is a relationship that is centered on empathy, congruence, and unconditional positive regard. Okay? All right. All Isn't that great? But empathy is, is, empathy is, of course, stepping in, standing in the other person's foot and seeing how it feels, being in their shoes for a while. And that's not on the list, and it should be. Because mm-hmm. empathy, I think, I've even mentioned that to somebody very recently, that mm-hmm. empathy is, is imperative in a relationship. And, and congruence is the idea, uh, and there's a whole thing about empathy, by the way, which we can go into someday if we want to, because it has a history. Sympathy used to be the word. And, and we dropped it later in, in history and, and brought oh, on the word empathy. Know. Yeah, sympathy used to be the key word in medicine. We'll do a show on that. But go and, ahead. Uh, so congruence is uh, to be, uh, is we were talking about vulnerable and honest and open, revealing self, revealing your feelings. So uh, congruence is honesty. Just look, that's the easy way to say it. Um, and unconditional positive regard is just the commitment on your part that you are going to give the other person unconditional uh, positive feedback uh, or, or, or opinion. The, the judgments that you'll arrive at are always going to be positive towards that person. Hard. It's I hard. Think. It's hard. So you give them the benefit of the doubt until they tell you that you're not supposed to, until they tell you that this is not the truth. And in fact, they were being bad to you. And right. then you turn around and say, okay, let's, let's, let's talk about that. And that's where the empathy and congruence comes in. These are all hard things, but that's, he says that all therapists are really just paid good friends. <laughs> well, it kind of should be like that. I told yeah. you that my therapist had said something, you know, I'm very, I'm, I have very strong political beliefs on things and she has different beliefs so she said something when i brought up a book and she targeted a person with one of the words that gets thrown around all the time conspiracy theorists and all this other stuff and i was not pleased with that at all at the moment i just responded and said well in reality that person is a uh, hu- uh, human rights activist, but you could call it whatever you want. But that bothered me. But I see her on Wednesday and Thursday, and that bothered me over the whole weekend. I wrote her an email like you wouldn't believe. I didn't send it. I chose to speak with her about it, and I did. And she was very apologetic, and she said, I'm not perfect. And, you know, she has her beliefs, too, which are different than mine, but she should not have used those words. Um, although, I mean, it could have been me. I was just sensitive on it because we're all called that because we believe something different than what other people believe. But regardless, um, she asked, I thought she handled it beautifully, and we just decided not to yes. talk about that topic, yeah. which you, you and I talked about that too. Sure, and shut down talking about that too. <laughs> I know, like you just we talk about the weather instead. Yeah, that's right. I, I changed the subject. <laughs> oh, look at the weather going to be. It's great. We're going motorcycle. We were expecting all that snow, so at that moment it it played in. But that's a hard. 
I think it's hard to be unconditional. To have truly unconditional love is the purest yeah. kind of love in this entire world. And most people are not capable of it. But I think that's, that's the kind of love that we're supposed to have when we get married. I agree, but how many people that's do? What the, that's what the vows are all about. I'm giving you unconditional love and you're giving me unconditional love and we can both trust that. And if it's not there, then we've got a different problem. You know, somebody's doing well, something without revealing it or somebody's thinking something without revealing it. Both sides of the coins are in conflict. They're, they're a problem. So you're saying that unconditional love is the backbone to all these other things, is what I'm hearing you say. It, that's the primary motive, the prima mobile, the primary motivating factor, the thing that's starting all this other stuff to happen including communication and honesty and uh, apologies and all of that. Those things are all coming from this place of, you know, being sorry and regretting something and somebody having unconditional love for me and me having that for them. I've got to think, let that one sort of sink in because for me, all these other things are the backbone, and that's like the prize at the end of the, uh, you know, that prize, unconditional love. Mm-hmm. That's what sort of becomes all, you know, it, it's like the outcome of all these things. But I still think even giving all these things, you could still be conditional. Um. Um, one of one of one of the descriptions that we have in our script: love is a set of emotions and behaviors. I like that a lot because that's it's saying that it, it, this is actually this is this is these are things that we do and feel because we're in love, and, and one of the behaviors is a commitment. I right, I agree. Yeah. And if you don't, if you're not willing to make the commitment, then what do we call it? And what is the commitment? The, the commitment to do all the things we said, to love each other, be present, be honest, be vulnerable, listen, hear, feel, all, all of it. It's yeah. all. You're making a total and, commitment. But also making a commitment not to cheat, to be loyal to that person, and to be focused and vested in that relationship mm-hmm. and no others because that's what our society of today tells us. Um, unless you contract yeah. differently, and other people will. There's some people out there who yeah. feel free about sharing sex. It has nothing to do with love. Right, right. So that I, kind I of that there was this. I forgot what it was called, but there was this TV show uh, that I was watching one night, like after I was working really late, and I was wide awake. It was some reality show. And people first come out and they talk about their issues. Then they actually go into the bedroom. There's like a a room that we don't see. And they go, oh, hi, Ella. <laughs> and they spend time in there. And then they come out and talk about things. But um, I remember this one couple that the guy was really a swinger. And he wanted a third person coming into the marriage. And she said she's very into it. But it, there are therapists there working with you before. They got her to admit that she was really afraid. She was afraid mm-hmm. of losing them. And that vulnerability and that openness brought them closer. And then they came out and they decided, you know, we've got kids. We could do that swinging lifestyle in the future and not, you know, not introduce it right now. But 
to me, though, that, like you just said, people have other contracts. I wouldn't want a marriage like that. Yeah, yeah. I right. personally but, the, but, I mean, the whole point behind a marriage is to have a commitment. That's really right. what it is. Okay. It, it is a contract. And it's a, a big part of that contract is, is all of these things that we're talking about, you know, vulnerability, honesty, a commitment, and, and, and love. And I, I feel like that love has to be, you know, no matter what you do, that love is there. And it does, love doesn't mean that I have to be romantic with you. That love means right. I'm going to do the best that I can to make sure that your life is happy, including leave it if that's necessary. So what would be the grounds of leaving it in your eyes? What do you mean if necessary? It could very well be that the reason I'm leaving it is because I love you and I want you to have the best life and me being in it makes it miserable. So me being out of it is going to be the best thing for you. But that, what if the person didn't tell you that? You're making that assumption. Yeah. Sometimes you have to. But that's to. not fair because that might not be what the person truly wants. Yeah. Uh, what they what they want and what they need are not necessarily the same thing, too. You know, there there are many situations that where that's true, like, and I buy into, but I also think that sometimes people make assumptions like that and they're truly wrong about mm-hmm. it. And I think yeah. that's a mistake. I think it's that that in my eyes that mm-hmm. requires dialogue. It, it it should require dialogue, but the dialogue would be I'm leaving. And here's why. What do you think? And let them combat, talk about it with you. Right. But at the end, the, the, the statement has already been said that this, this is over. We're done. Well, if you, know? if you really love somebody and you're being that um, magnanimous, I guess is the word, that you're, you're really uh, giving them that, you're, you're robbing them of the choice, though. Isn't that kind of... It's about it's it's not just about that person. It's about you in that relationship too. That's or, different. But don't no no, no no not necessarily. Let me, <laughs> let me finish, okay? Because because if every time I walk into a room, someone starts yelling at me and at no one else that walks into the room, I know that I'm a problem. I don't need to hear them tell me that I'm a problem. They've already told me quite clearly. Right. right? But that's doing right. it for a different. I can go in there and say, how come it is that every time I walk into the room, you yell at me? And they say, geez, you know, I don't think that's true. I say, well, I'm going to stop walking into the room. (laughs) That's a whole different scenario. The scenario that I have pictured is, you know, like, um, I can't think of a, a good example, but something like, you know, a couple is together, but... Um, the the man or the woman dreams of being, you know, uh, something in another world, you know, like having to go to Europe, you know, like, you know, going to another city or another state and the other partner can't move for whatever reason. So you let that person go out of love so that they can pursue sure. and fulfill the dreams. That's what I was picturing. Every, every parent talking. has to experience this when their kid gets old enough to leave. I don't know how people do it. Honestly, it's, I would never let one of my dogs go, ever. It's hard. I just don't. And then you have to watch them live their lives and make mistakes and everything. You have to watch that, them stumble and fall on their face, and you have to be there with your arms out saying, it's okay, you can get back up, we're here for you as long as we're here. Wow. You know? uh, 
I'm amazed at unconditional, the, unconditional positive regard, unconditional love. Well, but that's when you're lucky enough to have it that way. Mm-hmm. Not everybody. That's right. Has, but that's but the way that's it's supposed to be. The way we should we should make I, our standard in society, and it isn't today. What well, we see on TV is not at all like what that is. Very no, and there's that. that right now that shouldn't be. Mm-hmm. But well, we are we're running low on time here. We're about seven minutes out for the end of the show. Oh yeah. Um, I don't think we have any uh, uh, enough time for another caller. But can we wrap up the definition here? Have we have we answered the question? Um, what is love? Have we really I given a clear? To. I want to give him a chance to really express his viewpoint. I think you have, but do you want yeah. to wind it down? Because I think what I said as far as those fundamentals of what is involved, I, short of those things, I mean, love is a word. Is it an emotion? And look, there are psychologists out there. There are researchers that honestly don't know if it's a biological thing or if it's a cultural thing. They lean towards it being biological because there are so many physical um, reactions to love, that euphoric feeling, that blissful feeling, that excited feeling. Those are symptoms. According to Jim, they're symptoms. That's right. (laughs) I agree, though. I agree with that. (laughs) No, but they they are. They're great symptoms. I love to have those symptoms. Um, But, you know, but they don't know what love is. Researchers can't give you an answer to that question about what is love. I think I can. I could put it it into one sentence. I think think love is not a feeling. It's an action. And I'll leave it at that. That is beautiful. I do think it's beautiful because then you're encompassing all the things that I had talked about yeah, earlier. It's not how you feel. It's what you do that is important. You, you can feel love. You can have adrenaline pumping through your heart and butterflies in your stomach, but it's meaningless unless you do something that shows your love. So that's, I said that's, that's how I somebody say. I said it's not what you say. It's what, what you, you do. do exactly. And you any promises anybody can say anything they want to say it's how you treat a person and what you actually do that defines if somebody is a suitable partner or somebody i want to open my heart up to or not right exactly jim you want to wind it down with thoughts well quick and quick and easy the buddhist definition it comes from uh jumpa ningje jumpa is loving kindness or love the same word that they use for love in Tibetan. And Ningje is compassion. And, and oh, ninja is compassion, ning, I didn't know. Ningje, it's not ninja. Oh, ningje. Ningje, yeah. Uh, it's like Kingje, it's Ningje with an N. Um, so Ningje is, uh, is, is, is usually considered compassion, and they define compassion as the desire for people not to suffer. Okay? So the wish that people don't suffer. And jumpa, love, is the desire that people will have good things happen, things that make them happy. And that's it, that's it in a nutshell. That's, that's it in a nutshell. It is. That's I mean, it in a nutshell. One I like that. One of the best for someone else. Bottom I love line, it. It's to be and blissful. Yeah. One of the that's best love. for the other person. That's right. And even I can relate that to the, to my love for dogs. I mean, they bring me joy and a state of 
blissfulness and even security in a way. Remember Destiny? I would have walked in the middle of Harlem, in the middle of the night, in the middle of a riot with Destiny. She was a bulldog. Not literally, she was a collie, but she was a bulldog. She wouldn't let anybody. I remember one time we were at a dog show, and, and I was walking her, and we turned a corner, and there was somebody, like, out there smoking a cigarette at that corner. She almost attacked them. I mean, she wasn't going to let anybody within 100 feet of me. <laughs> no way. So in situations like that, and when I first moved here, you know, it's pretty remote, um, I had Coco. Now I've got guns. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I know how to use them. <laughs> I'm very good at that. <laughs> well that took a left turn or a right turn. Yeah, I was going to say. Yeah. <laughs> very right turn. I've, very, I've very got right a gun, turn. too. That doesn't mean much. <laughs> You have okay. a gun? You do not. Oh, that's right. You said you have a BB gun. No. A shotgun. I have a, a 12-gauge. But no, you have to bullet and the ammo for it, right? Uh, not right now, no. Thinking about it. <laughs> I got plenty of ammo. When I was in one of the gun stores here, he said, well, because I was buying several boxes. He said, so you're well, the one you know, who's buying it all up. There's right? no ammo anymore. It's you can't even bricks the 22s anymore. Yeah. No, but he said, you know, you could get like 350 rounds for a certain number. And it was, whoa, that sounds great. <laughs> you know, I mean, you go outside, you practice, you go through a couple of magazines. So, the poor you know, but in any event. <laughs> as long as you eat them. Right That's right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're going to have to wind it down here. This is a, We're coming up close to the 10 o'clock hour here. Uh, thank you, all our listeners and viewers tonight, and those of you who called in, uh, those of you who listened on Blog Talk Radio or watched us live streaming on social media, on Facebook and YouTube, we are at Eye on the Future Radio Show. Uh, we enjoyed hearing your stories, and be sure to either follow us on Facebook and YouTube. Our next show is on Thursday, February 24th at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. We'll be switching, show, uh, switching gears to do a show on doppelgangers, and that should be a lot of fun. Maybe one of our twins will join in on the show. If you have any questions or show topics, you can email us at radioshow at ladyfontaine.com or reach out to us on Facebook or Instagram with your suggestions, testimonials, or just to say hello. Don't forget, if we use your topic suggestion for an upcoming show, you'll automatically receive a 15-minute psychic reading with Lady Fontaine. Please visit LadyFontaine at LadyFontaine.com for a reading or a life coaching session. And for those listeners in New York, visit Jim at East West Healing Arts in Hartsdale, New York. The website for Jim is EastWestHealing.info. His Facebook page is Facebook.com forward slash East West Healing Arts. A special thank you to Mike, our, skull cr- our call screener. <laughs> our skull friend. screener. <laughs> I've only been drinking kombucha tonight. <laughs> our call screener and Ooh, good friend. I kombucha. Uh, I love kombucha. <laughs> thank, thank you very much from all of us here on Eye in the Future. Um, also, if you need any audio work or uh, music work done, I am at Stentor Productions, S-T-E-N-T-O-R Productions, Dot com. Good night, and we look forward to hearing, seeing you and hearing from you on February 24th on Eye on the Future. Thank you very much. Another great show, thanks to our callers and wonderful listeners. Be sure to follow us here on Blog Talk Radio and on Facebook. 
Check back regularly for info on our next show here on Blog Talk Radio on Thursdays at 8 p.m. Eastern Time. If you miss a show or want to listen again, you can listen to the podcast anytime here or on iTunes. Signing off from all of us here on Eye on the Future, blessings and namaste. Thank you.